Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of In The Stands. I'm Tana Martin, I'm here with Jack Kelly. How are you, mate? I'm doing pretty well, Tana. How about you, man? Oh yeah, been a, been a bit sick, but I'm, I'm back. I'm feeling better. Yeah, you got that smoker's voice. Yeah, a little bit. Bit, a bit of a cough. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, today we're getting edgy. Yeah, getting a bit edgy, getting a bit emo. <laughs> Everything edges, so we'll go... Over all the players, the fantasy relevant ones, talk about who we're putting in the stands, who's the man, gambles, six agains, just covering everything today. Yep. Alright, we'll start off, Tana, with guns. Who is the number one edge player in NRL fantasy this year? Um, The top price edge player this year is Isaiah Papali'i, 866k, break even of 59. Yeah, just... Had a good year last year, like he was my captain for like one round, because I was just, I was feeling lucky, so I just put the armband on him, he actually scored two tries. <laughs> I, could, I did get a lot of luck with him, but yeah, rightly so, he's priced at a high price because of what he did last year. Yeah, and he's, for the past few years, he's just been another level at power, and I think he'll carry that on when he goes to the Tigers, like, you know he's going to average that 60 plus, he's going to be a must-have at some point. Yeah, he's handy, he doesn't play Origin, and um, yeah, probably will be a must-have for your end-of-team, end-of-season team. Yep, definitely someone you don't start with with his price, and we also want to see what happens minutes-wise because of how stacked the forward pack is. Like, he'll oh, yeah. probably lose minutes in big games, um, and Bateman can also play 80, so that could also help cause inconsistencies, so just watch out for that. Um, who's next, Tyner? Um, next we've got um, the newcomer from the Super League, um, Bateman, 809k, break even of 55. Yep, one of England's most edgy players. He is, he did well at the World Cup, he's a he's a good player. Yeah, um, he was one of the best edges before he went back to England when he was in Canberra, and he can potentially get dual if he's playing lock as well, so that'll be ideal. Yeah, if he does, like people are talking about him, being that lock, I don't reckon he will be. I reckon offhand Gao is just too suited to that role. But if he does get lock, I'm 100% putting him in my team eventually. Mm. Um, well, he's not even in Australia yet. So um, we got to hope he gets his visa as well. Um, and he's a bit <laughs> of an awkward price in that stacked forward pack. So, um, But with no preseason, it's hard to see him... Um, Playing in the edge, it's a lot easier to slot in in the middle at the start. Um, so we'll just have to wait if he can score like that again. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Who we got next? Yeah. We got lanky boy Sean Lane, 771k, 53 break even. What a year he had. I was waiting for him to just start playing bad and it just didn't happen. It was oh. extremely frustrating. Mate, just watching other people bring him into the team and you're like... I'm not bringing Sean Lane into my team. Seriously. Yeah. And then he just kept putting up 60s. Especially when I had like Papalihi and Madison in the team and then Sean Lane just started outplaying them both for a few weeks. It was just so painful. <sighs> yeah, you had all the Eels players, eh? Except oh, for Sean Lane. Been tough. <laughs> I was saving it for one buy round. Anyway, yeah. um... Uh, he averaged 59 from round 11, which is when I had all the power players. Um, mm. So that was unfortunate. But he's 
really strong down the left. Like, sorry, Power have a really strong left side, which helps the scoring. But, you know, I feel like last year was a bit unusual. Um, and what we saw at the start of last year is probably more likely than the 60 average he had at the end. That 40 average is first eight games. Yeah, I feel like with players who just have that breakout season, you can't pick them up from the start. The next season, you got to watch and see um, if they can maintain that form that they had. So definitely someone you look at mid to end season, but yeah, wouldn't start with him. Not a chance. Yep. Too risky. Yeah. All right, who do we got next, Tyner? Um, next we've got Hudson Young, another another Pommy, seven hundred seventy one k break even at fifty three. Right, he's New South Wales, isn't he? Is he not a Pommy? No, I, sw- I know I know he plays for Canberra. No, why? Oh, I'm thinking because yeah. he plays for Canberra. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. got so confused. <laughs> yeah, because Canberra, bad. everyone's it's like <laughs> England Raiders. So I'm so him. sorry, I just assumed that. <laughs> no. Oh, he played for Australia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, what am I thinking, man? <laughs> Mate, it's that illness, bro. You just you're feeling it loopy. Is. It's it's all good. Mate, uh, I've been having some dizzy days with his head, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a gun player. Definitely improving. Um, like at the start of the season, barely would have talked about him at all. By the end of the season, good fantasy player, Australian team, like pushing for Origin. He will be this year. He's got eighty yeah. minutes. Like. A lot to do with that had um, to do with his 13 tries, which is also a bit iffy. Like, is he going to do that again? He's definitely someone you could bring in later, which is what we're seeing with a lot of these guys we're talking about right now. You don't start with them. Um, so who do we got next time? Up? Um, next we have a very interesting choice. Dave Fafita, 771k, break even of 53. Yep. Um, yeah, he can be the best player in the world on his day, but... We all know his attitude can let him down, but we'll talk about that later. Um, next, we have Olokawatu. What do you have about him, Tana? Olokawatu, I had him in my draft team. Um, I didn't bring him into my classic team. But yeah, really good player. Um, loves offloads, loves tackle breaks, scores a lot of tries too. Like So good to watch. Yeah, yeah. So I love him, but yeah, just... Just consistency, probably, is something that would just make me not want to buy him because, like, yeah, every time you watch him, you think, oh, like, he's either going to put up 70 or he, or he's going to put 30. And last yeah. year, he just put up too many 70s that I just I just don't think that he's going to back that up. I just mm. The way he plays isn't consistent, but he scored consistently last year. He scored consistently good. I don't know how. So I just don't see him having that same level of consistency this year. Yeah, I don't think he's relevant to start with because of that. And, you know, he's only got 32 base, which, you know, that's a lot to do with his consistency when you when you have low base stats. So, um, yeah. So next we got Nat Butcher at 600. Nat Butcher. Yeah, 691K, 47 break even. He's a gun and he's got dual, but um, we'll talk about that later. Um, next we have Jeremiah Nanai. Um, what do you have to do with him? Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of 12 year olds that I've just seen picking up. <laughs> Mate, the 12 year olds love Jeremiah Nanai. The offloads, yeah. the tries. 
the, the rat's flashy. tail. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Kerwin Boy, um, very good player. Like, he's an absolute freak. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably wouldn't touch him fantasy-wise. Just, um, I reckon he'll drop in price. 44 break even. Like, he just scored too many tries last year. That, I don't, like, it was crazy how many tries he was scoring as a second rower. Like, yeah. he won't do that again, which I think will affect his scoring. But, um, yeah, he, he is a freak. He's improving. So, who knows? But for now, yeah, not touching him. Yeah. And the last one at a gun price range we're going to talk about is Mitch Barnett. Um, what do you have about him, Tana? Yeah, 617k, break even of 42. Um, yeah, averages 50 on an edge. Yeah, the thing is, will he start on the edge? Um, I only pick him up if he's on the edge because he's going to play 70 to 80 minutes on the edge. If he plays in the middle, he's going to play 50 to 60. So he's not, just not going to score as much. So, yeah, definitely someone you pick on the edge. But, yeah, not if he goes into the middle. Yeah, bit of a hothead as well, Mitch Barnett. Loves a good spray. Yeah. What, what did he do well. last year that got him suspended for, like, half the year? What did he do? I feel like it was a just a oh didn't he just like knock someone like oh out, no like, he elbowed someone in the head elbowed yeah, yeah. off the ball yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got eight it was weeks pretty funny but <laughs> <laughs> all right now Bit we got our <laughs> yeah I would have given him two be personally game's gone soft but anyway mid price boys who are we starting with T Dog from the Dolphins. Tom Gilbert, 567k, break-even of 39. Origin hero. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, don't know, don't know about him. He's going to be starting lock, which I think a lot of people will see that and look at his price and go, well, starting lock, he's going to go over 39. But with the way Bennett likes to rotate his forwards, is is he really going to average over 39? It's a big question mark, but... um. Yeah, he loves yeah, to split his minutes, old Wayne. Yeah, he does. So, um, but as you know, I don't like the Dolphins, so I won't be touching him. Yeah, fair. Um, All right. Speaking of sea animals, who do we have next? <laughs> I don't get it. Sharks. <laughs> oh. oh, I was like... Teg Wilton, what does that have to do with with the sea animal? Yeah, <laughs> from the Sharkies, 536k, 37 break even. Um, yeah, I reckon definitely a smoky. Um, yeah, could could have pod. a lot of value. Yeah, pod, definitely. Um, we love pods. Yeah, we do Mars Snickers. Yeah, I, think I feel like Mars Mars pods a bit better. Yeah, you can't, Snickers aren't bad, but, you know, Mars are the better the, pods. the chocolate pods have a lot in common with fantasy pods. Like, you got your Mars pods who are... Yeah, I'd put Wilton as a as a Mars pod. Like, mm. And then you got your Snickers pods, like... To be a Pango Jr. Don't talk about him like that. Like the hammer, the hammer. No, he's not a pod. Everyone's picking him up, don't know why. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> um, Wilton, 51 average um, in 70-plus minute games. So, yeah, if he can go around that 50 mark, he's going to make some cash. Yeah. Um, 
like if he does start, that's 14 points of value we're talking there. That's almost 200k. And, you know, mm. he's an attacking player and he's got 36 in base, which is like a good combo. And the talk is that Wade's been training in the middle, you know, played a bit of six on the weekend as well. I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh but, my gosh. Um, yeah, but just a bit unsure on his role in minutes because, you know, if Graham is on the edge, then Tig will be on the bench. But we'll play it by ear. But yeah, who do we got next? Next, I've got Luke Garner. 478k break even at 33 yeah like he he is one of the best buyers that um are one of the best edge buyers by far you know 47.6 average on the edge and games over 60 minutes in a mediocre team you know you move him to a the penrith you know he's he's gone he's gone started from the bottom now we're here you know like <laughs> put him on the penrith left side you know, potential 15 points of value there. Like, he could even be a keeper edge. Um, and really? Probably, if he gets 80, which is, that's that's his ceiling. But realistically, he'll probably play 60 to 65 minutes with Martin playing 80. So he's more yep. likely around that 40 to 45, which is still good value. Um, but he's got that buy around three and a um, bit of comp with him and Hosking. So, but it, Hosking's pretty much the same price. So, if Hosking ends up starting, go Hosking. If not, go Garner. But yeah, just buy whoever's starting in that Penrith team. Except Liam Martin, agree. don't touch him. <laughs> He's a grub. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, we've got someone very exciting who should be in 100% of teams. Um, he, I haven't looked at it, how many people own him, but Jermaine Hopgood, 453k, break even to 31 starting lock for the Eels most likely Harvey Bayboy wide bay really? representative yeah <sighs> I didn't know that yeah would have been the only good wide bay player nah just yeah <laughs> <laughs> talk about him later on definitely yeah should be in every team alright who do we got next um lastly we have Alessi Katoa 448k break even at 31 he was a Warriors boy now he's moved to your boys the Storm don't know yeah. how that'll affect him with the coaching of Craig Bellamy teach oh. him a thing or two about yeah. how to catch and then welcome him with open arms <laughs> oh I don't know why we let him go to be honest yeah typical Warriors move but we don't have to go there you know, the Storm him. will get the best out of him oh, they will unfortunately they will. for the Warriors but He's got the potential to be an attacking monster outside Jerome Hughes on the right edge. And with nine 71 minute, like 71 plus minute games, he averages 48.7. And 40 of that's in base. And at the end of last year, in his last two starts, he had 50 and 59. And he's priced at 31. So even if he's going to play 60 to 65 minutes, that's a 44 point average we're talking about. 38 in base. So, and he was doing that on a mediocre team. So, imagine what he can do on the Storm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's got the potential to be the next Zab Papali. Moving from the Warriors and then go doing, going to a stud team. It's happened before. Watch, Mate, watch out, bro. You don't understand when IPAPs visit the Warriors and then he just moves and just becomes a beast. Like, how does that happen? Oh, man. And Eli Katoa is already a beast. 
and now he's gonna like be the best second row in the NRL. So you know, he is insanely talented for someone who barely played rugby league. Like he's gonna be so good. Yeah, he, he's getting, he's only gonna get better with every game. Like his first year was really good. His second year was just a down year. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened last year. His confidence or whatever, but lucky for us, that's seen his fantasy price go down to yep. 448 so if he's starting at the storm he's getting those minutes get him in yeah bye 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 um so cash cows who, who we got um first we got sean Bloor, 250k break him to 17 um i think that just depends if he plays on the edge um with bateman coming so Bateman's there, round one. Obviously, don't touch him if he's on the bench. But um, if Bateman isn't there for round one, um, yeah, look to really pick him up. Yeah. Like, for a 250k player, Bloor's averaged 44 in 76-minute starts, and he hasn't had a try or a line break. So with Bateman stuck in England, Bloor's been building combinations pre-season on that right edge, you'd hope. So even mid thirty points average, that's fifteen to twenty points of value. So if he's starting, get him. Alright, who's the last cash cow? Um, last cash cow we've got Matt Dory. Um, exactly the same price with also a seventeen break even. Um yeah. likely to be starting um for um Parramatta. Para. So, so yeah, good team. Um, I did watch him in the trial game. Um, it looks solid. Probably the slowest person on the field, but <laughs> mate, you, you don't need speed when you're a forward, so... Yeah, no speed, yeah. all ticker. Yeah, exactly. So, um, with... Oh, who who plays there? Well, IPAPS is left. Um, Madison can play second row, but he's suspended. So, yeah, he'll, he'll be there for, for at least a couple of games. Um, could even lock that in that position in long term. So, yeah, I reckon definitely a buy to um put in your emergencies. Yep. You know he's got he averages thirty seven point three in base and ten point three in negatives. So, um, <laughs> you know that that's definitely something. Um, if he can you know be a bit better disciplined, um, he'll be unbelievable as a cash cow. But just plug him in your emergencies and don't look back. All right, Tana, our favourite time of the week. You know, we've been in the stands oh. watching preseason this weekend. Who do you think <laughs> joins us to watch round two? <laughs> um, joining us in the stands. Oh, I'm sorry. He, he played for the Maldives on the weekend. Obviously, I was cheering hard for him, but Corey Hawiranaira. Yeah. Um, look, I've just I've just seen too many people get him. Um yeah, I just don't think he's that fantasy relevant. I think he's way too inconsistent. Um like I've I've had him before in, in draft teams and like just watching him is just oh one one minute he's he's got two offloads, the next minute he's just missed three three tackles and he's dropped the ball. Like yeah. I just so many people are hopping on it because they think he's going to start at lock. Um, 
yeah, I reckon on the he's much better on the edge. Obviously, he's n- he's not going to start on the edge because the Raiders already have their two edge players. So, like, if he started on the edge, yeah, maybe, but off the bench or at lock, like he just he misses too many tackles. He's he's too inconsistent and yeah, I just he's just a player I wouldn't touch. And yeah, too many people are getting on it. Yeah. It doesn't help when Ricky Stewart's your coach because he is a fantasy team killer. The amount of time oh, a Raiders man. player, I've had him on my team and it's a Sunday Arvo and I need a low score and Ricky's just like, nah, I'm going to bench him just for no reason. So you don't even know. Like, he'll start lock round one. He could be playing reserve grade round three. Like, he just, <laughs> there's no defined role when Ricky Stewart's your coach. So I reckon just stay away because he's, he's going to be so frustrating. That is just why I don't touch Raiders forwards unless their name is Joseph Tarpany. 100%. Yeah, how do we recognize a Snickers pod? <laughs> yep. All right, Jack. Who are you putting in the stands with Corey? I'm putting uh, our origin hero, Tom Gilbert. Get him off the field! 567K, oh. 39 break even. Um, he does have some upside. Like, he is a big minute middle forward. Um, so there is potentially decent value if he's starting lock. Like he could be a low end keeper with his good work rate, but he was not going to play on the edge because you've got Kenny Bromwich and Kafusi. You know, two of the greatest second rows to ever play in the NRL, mm. and so he's only going to get that around fifty five minutes in the middle, and his career PPM is fairly low. So zero point seven eight is his career PPM, and that only equals a 42.9 average which is only three to four three to four points of value there and people are looking at tom gilbert as someone that's gonna make a fair bit of cash but honestly he'll make probably 50 if he'll be lucky to make 100k and that's just not good enough at that point at that price point you're looking at guys you want to be making 200k per player um so yeah i just don't see it with tom gilbert um i think people also very like they see the duel and just think oh yeah duel you know that's great Mm. but um yeah i i feel like there are a lot better options that we're going to talk about later who are somewhat cheaper than tom gilbert and are going to produce better scoring so yeah um moving on to the next segment Who is the man on the edges? Who's the edgiest man this year? The edgiest man this year. Wow, that's a big call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel pressure. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm going to have to go with the man himself, Jermaine Hopgood. Yeah. With so, Hopgood. yeah. Mate, he's oh, very excited about him. Um, on the weekend in the All-Stars game, um, he actually scored 74 fantasy yeah. points. Like, that's just insane. So, yeah, he's going to be starting lock in a depleted forward pack. Um, in three games where he played um, over 40 minutes, he averaged 42.7. So, like, he has a, a 0.83 PPM. Um, in New South Wales Cup, he averaged 65 in um, 70 minutes per game. So... 
yeah, hopefully he'll be playing around that 60 to 70 minutes mark and his scores won't be too far from the minutes he plays. Like, oh, the amount of tackles he made on the weekend, like, yeah, he's just going to be, he's going to be a gun and if he keeps up those, like, I'm not expecting him to put up 74 every week, but if he puts around that 60 every week, because he's going to be consistent, if he goes around that 60 every week, like, you're looking at holding him for a really long time. Yeah. And you think, worst case scenario, he gets 50 minutes a game, he's going to average that 40 to 45, and that's worst case scenario, and that's still 10 to 15 points of value. So imagine, like, his ceiling... Yeah. Um, not to mention playing lock he's gonna get dual at some point. So Oh yeah, yeah. I think he'll um he'll start uh round one with, with dual, which will be very handy. Oh, I hope so. But um but yeah, I just think um at the moment I've got him in my team looking at him as someone I'm gonna keep in my team for a long time. Worst case scenario, he makes me a lot of money and I trade him out for someone and get a 650k player in my team so yeah can't go wrong he's the man 100 percent. hopefully brad arthur keeps madison on the bench and mm. i think that he'll do that because of how good madison was off the bench last year i'm um, just a lot of impact there so yeah hopgood's the man right jack who is your man who's, who's the, the man this year we got the butcher baby we got nat butcher <laughs> the butcher just, 691k 47 break even um so so many so many benefits to him you know um well this isn't a very like nice thing but he has he's got the edge certainly because Tupanua did his ACL last year mm-hmm. um so and when Tupanua comes back in a couple months time he'll probably be playing in the middle because he doesn't have that fitness um because he hasn't had a pre preseason you know can't run with one leg yeah so, um Nat Butcher, he's gonna be a borderline gun. Um, he's got he's got dual as well. I had him last year, and um, in his eighty minute performances, he averaged fifty five, and he averaged fifty in base stats, which is just a, ridiculous. And you count that in that he's got a sixty percent try rate. He's gonna be consistent, and he averages forty tackles. Um, you know, you know he's not gonna regress. And the fact that he doesn't play Origin as well is just um, a lot. Like that's really helpful as as well. He's got eight points of value roughly. Look, that's probably if he averages that fifty five again. But even if he gets close to that sixty, like we're looking at a keeper, like not just someone to make money, like a full blown keeper. Um, but the only downside is that the buys hurt. You know, round four and round thirteen are really awkward. But at the same time. They're pretty much over and done with at that point. Um, and as long as Tupanua's doesn't take that edge spot back, Nat Butcher's going to be the man this year. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Nat Butcher, unfortunately, I can't squeeze him in my team. Um, I love him. Oh, I tried hard. Like I tried so hard. I just, I just couldn't get him in. But as you said, he's got the buy in round 4 and 13. So if he does lock in that spot and he's averaging those those scores of 50 to 55 after his buy rounds I'm 100% getting him in yeah alright Tana you know we're both 18 so we love a bit of gambling 
Uh, <laughs> a couple NBA multis here and there. But yeah. Um, <laughs> You've been really into NBA multis lately, haven't you? Yeah, I've been actually. I've actually done well, like legitimately. I I haven't lost money, so and That's I don't good. plan on either. So only small bets, you know. Gamble responsibly, of course. But um, who who are we starting off? Who are we gambling on this year? Responsibly, of course. Um, my responsible gamble this year is David Fafita. Yep. Yeah, look. Uh, I'm not even sure if that's a responsible gamble. It's not, really. If I'm being honest, it's cheeky. And you put in the house on red. <laughs> Mate, 771k, break even of 53. Um, yeah. It's it's his contract year, so he's, he's chasing a bag. Um Oh, his offloads, is running, like, for a big man, he's so agile, um, like, last year, it was, a, it was more of a down year, he averaged 52.4, um, like, yeah, <sighs> I just, the last two games of 2022, he played 47 and 58 minutes, so, yeah, just uncertain about his 80-minute role. Um, they even switched him to centre for, for a game against the Cowboys. Yeah, that was so like, weird. Like, sometimes they just don't know what to do with him. Um, uh, I felt like sometimes last year, he only put him on the field because of the amount of money um, he's getting. Like, how much is he on? He oh, he's on dollars? like a mill a year, I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's and a bit like I, that pressure the Broncos had with Milford and like they couldn't yeah, I bench feel, him. I f- yeah, I feel like he only did it because of that, but, but yeah, the the times where he sort of, um, yeah, put his foot down, like he would put him on the bench, and that's just not what you want when you, when it he, when he's priced at seven hundred seventy one k, like, and he's got that potential to go to the bench because, of his attitude or because he, he's missing tackles and letting in tries, like, he, defensively he's really poor, um, but yeah, that's the gamble, like. He can just switch off. He's got a bit of troll mid about him where he can just be uninterested and not do anything. <clears throat> yeah. But then at the same time, he can get the ball and score full field and palm every bloke off. Like, yeah, my thing on him is, um, yeah, you gotta you got to see something change before you get him. Like, he's got to be consistently playing 80 minutes every single week. He's, he's got to be giving me better base stats, missing less tackles stuff like that, carrying the ball more, and yeah, wouldn't buy him off the bat, um, he's someone who could be a pod, um, that you pick up maybe after Origin, I don't know if he'll play Origin, but pod maybe later on, but um, yeah, don't, don't pick him up to start with, he's just a major gamble that could make or break your team. He's a generational talent, and his size and speed is like, ridiculous but it's also like his biggest downfall as well because he's never had to like really work for anything if you think of it that way like Mm. his yeah it's really disappointing to see because he like a couple years ago when he was like first year at the titans and he just like 
was a freak. Like we're thinking this kid could be like the greatest second row of all time oh, if he keeps man. it up. And then, you know, got comfortable. Mm. You know. Future said, Girl, don't get too comfortable and that's what Future did, bro. So, you know. <laughs> right, Jack, who who are you gambling on responsibly? Responsibly, Hangai Junior, um, five ninety three k. So you know we're we're betting low, low end here. Not not a much not much money to lose. And um, it is very responsible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> forty one break even. Um, you know he's got dual, and you know out of Bulldogs camp they're talking about his weight loss, his dedication to training. <laughs> Which we hear it every year, but I'm believing it this year. You know, he had that he had that boxing fight, and he, he looked disciplined. So, um, like you know, that. but um, yeah, Josh Jackson and Paul Vaughan leaving opens up big minutes. I think he'll come into that Josh Jackson role. You know, he'll play around sixty to sixty-five minutes per game. You reckon? Yeah, I think he'll step up this year. I think he'll be in a bit of a leadership role. Um, which is a bit absurd for me to say if you really think of it deeply, but don't think of it deeply. Um, 2022, he averaged 61 in 57-minute average, like in games from 50 to 70 minutes. So, you know, I don't think he'll average that. I feel like realistically he's going to average around, you know, 52 to 55. Um, But that's still like 11 points of value minimum. And when he's in his mood... He's arguably the most dominant player in the NRL. And he oh, loves yeah. an offload. <clears throat> loves an offload. He'll, there'll be a set where he'll, he'll hit it up twice. He'll offload it. And then, like, he'll somehow get the ball back and just offload it again. <laughs> like, he, he's like he gets tackled and just wants to offload. Like, just, just for the sake of it, which is, you know, awesome for fantasy. Yeah. And um, new coach as well, so that's always helpful. Um, but, you know... We know we know what Pangai's downside is. Um, you know, inconsistent. You know, he is a hothead, like, just ill-disciplined. Like he, he'll be killing it all game, and then he'll just get sin binned. He'll just be like, you know, I'm gonna take this guy's head off for some reason. Like it's just stupid. Um, in a bit of an uncertain role there, because if um, Raymond Fatilla Mariner is playing on the edge. And that means Pangai will be stuck in the middle. So if that's what happens, I wouldn't buy him. But um, And there's also plenty of forward options on the dog. So if Pangai is in a bad mood, where he's, you know, not um, a bit ill-disciplined, low work ethic, being lazy, like, it's easy that he'll just get dropped. So it is very risky. But um, it's a gamble I'm willing to take. Um, I'm going to ride the lightning. <laughs> and yeah, this is this is my lotto ticket, and yeah, Pang Pangai, I feel like I'm gonna give him a shot. Um, so Tana, who are we putting in six again? Six more. With Martin just conceding six more, he did well, but just didn't get off in time. Six again segment. Um, <clears throat> I've gone with Luke Garner. Um, yeah, feel like he's a pretty obvious choice considering. Um. He's never really reached his potential in fantasy. You know, he played for the Tigers, and um, you know he didn't didn't really do a lot. Um, yeah, I, I feel like at Penrith, he'll he'll get sixty sixty five minutes. Um, he look looks like he'll be in pretty much everyone's team. Um, considering he's got a break even at thirty three, like 
he'll definitely average over 40, so he'll make that that money. Um, so, yeah, everyone, everyone's got in his team. He's, he's going to be a lot better than he has been in previous years. Um, a lot more consistent, certainly. So, yeah, giving him six again. And, um, yeah, definitely someone I'll have in my team. Yeah, just the fact that he can string together consistent minutes because it's never been him as a player. It's been the issue. It's just been how much opportunity he's given. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's been given the reins at Penrith, hopefully. So, yeah, I, I like All that. Right. Who are you giving your six again to, Jack? Uh, Tyson Frizzell. Ooh. Um, six, 673K, 46 break-even. Um, so last year, he had his lowest average in three years by over six points. Um, due to his rib cartilage injuries, that's like a, the fantasy killer. Like, it just kills any player. I don't really want to know mm. what it feels like, but obviously it's not good. <laughs> um, but I feel like... A full, he's had a full off season to recover, and you know now he's playing outside Jackson Hastings, which is a big upgrade. Um, so I think he's got that potential to be a cut price keeper, and he's, you know, he's past his origin times now, so I don't think he'll be brought back into the Blues side. Freddie loves a young fella. He doesn't like he doesn't like to give the experienced opportunities. So, um, and like with his experience, he is a He's a generally a consistent scorer. He scores well against top eight teams. And then it, with that, the, the Knights have a soft first few weeks. Um, so with Frizzell, I think there's potential to be six to eight points of value there. Um, if he can bring it back to that 53 that he was averaging in 2021, or even in 2020 where he's averaging 56. So um, by the same time, I know why a lot of people wouldn't want him. But they feel a bit burnt after last year because of how inconsistent he was and how old he is now. People probably don't believe in him, especially on a bad Knights team. But honestly, mm. I think I think you know, age on the edge, like statistically, it doesn't really change. Like you can get slower, but you're still going to make those you know forty tackles or so. You don't lose that effort. Um, so I think Tyson Frizzell is a very cut price keeper that is under the radar at the moment. And if you've got the money for him, I think he's definitely worth a he's worth your six again. Wow, that's a yeah, that's a that's a big one. Um, yeah, Mars or Snickers pods? What are we feeling with him? <laughs> a Snickers pod. What are you, Mars or Snickers? Frizzell. I think he's a I think yeah. he's a Mars pod. You reckon? Oh, yeah. We'll he, wait and not. see. He just yeah, he's burnt well, me too many times. I just can't yeah. trust him. Yeah, he might be like he, last year is a bit like melted Mars pods and this year he's gonna be like <laughs> you know, f- fresh from the servo on a road trip. So, <laughs> um, I like that. Um overall, um I think for your se- um, for your second rowers, you don't really need the most expensive guns to start with. Like a lot of those players we talked about at the start, we we'll, we kept saying, look at the end of the year, because there is so much value on the edge. It's not funny. Like so many mid price players that are just gonna they they can actually be close to a keeper status and they're gonna make you money while doing it. So. Um, yeah, I I feel like you avoid those expensive guns and you put them elsewhere in positions like halves and in the middle, 
where you kind of need those expensive guns because how big the gap is between those guns and mid-price players. Um, so I think that's the strategy for edges this year. Um, who, who's on your edges currently? Um, <clears throat> for me, I've got um, Hopgood, um, the man, obviously, at one. I've got Garner on the other. I think Hopgood and Garner are probably going to be the most common, um, the most popular edge pairing um, to start the year off, um, right, yeah. rightfully so. Um, <clears throat> then I've got Dory on my emergencies um, for a bit of cover. Um, yeah, I did toss up between who to have him or Fui Maiono, but um, yeah, Fui Maiono, watch him play on the weekend, just not fantasy relevant at all. He misses a thousand tackles and um, talks up. Billy Burns is going to get that spot anyway, so... I've got Dory on my emergencies for a bit of cover. Yep. Who have you got? Um, I'm going with Hopgood as well. And the other edge I've got is Pangai. Bit of a mm, nice. bit of a Hail Mary, but, you know, I'm full of grace. So, <laughs> um, You didn't say that. <laughs> um, on the interchange, I've got Eli Katawa and Sean Bloor. I feel like yep. Bloor, if he is starting, he's definitely worth, like, he'll probably score decently. And then in the emergencies, I've got Dory, just to flip a bit of cash, a bit of money mm-hmm. laundering on the emergencies there. So I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anything else, Tarnot? Um, No, not really. Just, um, yeah, I reckon don't don't go guns off the bat. Um, lots, of, lots of edges are going to make you money, so... Wait for those guns um, later, and yeah, you'll save a lot of money for it. Yeah. All right. Next episode, we are doing mids. Ma 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 mid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a lot of a lot of middles to talk about. Yeah, that's gonna be a long one. Um, so stay tuned for that, and thanks for listening in the stands, guys. See you guys. See ya. Yeah, no, they need to stop. I'm standing at the top, that's how I know you never seen the top. Sierra King parking lot, looking like Betty City parking lot. Hit the talks when I walk by.